I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm here with my good buddy, Grace Guard Dog Steve. Hello, everybody. I think we're in for a doozy tonight. The question of questions has fallen in our lap, and I think we're going to look into it. It's been falling into our lap for a while now, and we've kind of avoided it. We did avoid it for as long as possible, but... We're not avoiding the question. We're avoiding no. the contentiousness. Yes. That yes. The reason we're, we've put it off so long is we wanted to lay a foundation for we just jump into a subject that... Is such a hot-button issue. It does. I've seen fights... People uh, fly I, off the handle. I've seen people that never go to a Bible study again yeah. because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I was... So please don't be that guy. <laughs> please stay calm. Like James said, be quick to listen and slow to anger. I remember being at a Bible study with guard dog Steve, I think in the early 90s, and someone said to me, so that would mean God made you an autotrop. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, yes. And we immediately fired back. As soon as I look in the dictionary at what an autotrom is, I'll get back with you. <laughs> I didn't know, but it sounded sounded smart. Yes. But we, we don't want that. The truth is, I never even looked what an autotrom is. But the, the question is... Yes, go ahead. Is, Drum roll, please. Does man have a free will it's, or does he not have a free will it's the free will questions and i know you guys want answers i want the truth you <laughs> they want the truth they can't handle the truth you can't handle the truth <laughs> see that's what we want to avoid that's what we want to avoid but we do want the truth yes does man have a free will you what can. we're not going to answer is, can man choose to go to Wendy's or McDonald's? Because who cares? <laughs> yeah. And you can send comments into the Facebook page of whether I did a good Jack Nicholson or not. <laughs> if you so choose. Yeah. So. Yeah, but we're, we're not talking about which candy to, to eat. Choices. No. We're talking about the choice to do good and be pleasing to God. The Bible addresses that issue, and we can look 
at the truth of the matter because we can look at the Bible and the verses that tell us the answer to the do we have free will or not question. The first thing I, I would say is, does man have a will? Does man have a will? Yes, man has a will. And that one we can answer. With that the one we can answer. That would mean we should probably bring up the verse that shows that man has a will, but we will. Ha <laughs> uh, And then, is he free to act on that will? Does he have the ability to act on that will? Yes. Can Does he have the ability to do what he wants? He has the ability to want... He does. We can show those scriptures. But do you know how many scriptures are actually written in the Bible that says man has the free will? I know that you've heard it spoken about, and people say, clearly the Bible teaches about free will, or the Bible's replete with... Replete free will statements but did you ever hear one quoted actually that that's what tends to be missing so I'm asking you the audience have you ever heard of a quote from the Bible saying that you have a free will or is it dawning on you that Wow, all this time they always adamantly said the Bible tells us this, but they never did show a verse. Is is that dawning on you? Do you realize that you have never been shown a verse? Because it took me 20 years to realize that. I kept going, no, the Bible's replete with scriptures about free will. And Bill, I know you were into that too. Remember when I was doing the, well, you got to put the quarter in the phone booth thing? I I heard that argument. That that analogy got me going for years. I was on, you got to use your free will and put the quarter in so you can call God and get your prayers blessed. You've heard things too. I've heard that and then the argument after they say the Bible is replete, with free will verses, then they don't quote them. Don't quote them. And I've been in this camp too. So. Uh, yes, I so was too. I'm part of the they. Yes, I'm part of the they. Full disclosure. And then it gets switched to, well, it's self evident because you can make choices. Th- then the argument starts. Yes, yeah, so Be- you can make. Because we might as well say this. We would show you the verses that say you have free will, but there isn't any. There, there, there's no verse in the whole Bible that says you have a free will. There just isn't. There, there, there just isn't. It doesn't indicate that you are free to do what you want. The idea of choices is there, but the idea of ability to do what you will is not. So they never mention a verse in the Bible saying that you're sovereign, that you have a free will or that God's a gentleman. No verse in the Bible that says God's a gentleman and he gave you free will and he wouldn't 
violate it. Violate your free will. There, there's no verse that says that. It's, it's just not there. All that chatter comes from the pulpit or the radio or the TV, but it does not come from the Bible. So we can't find you a verse that says you have a free will. We, we can't do it. It's not in there. Now, what would you say, guard dog Steve, that now the gospel's not good news because you don't have a free will? No, I would say the idea of free will veils the beauty of the gospel. It actually, you, you think, because they've made it sound logical that the best thing is, is to have free will and the, the gift of free will, but that's not the truth. I don't believe. We're going to look at the verses and go through the Bible, see what it says, and then you tell us, you write in and get on our Facebook page or our web page and tell us what it seemed like the Bible was, was actually saying. We can't bring you up verses that say you have a free will. They're, they're just not there. The flip side of the coin is... Can we bring up verses that say you don't have a free will? Yes. Can we bring up those? And, and keep in mind, we're, we're still saying you have a will. Yeah, we're, we're still saying you have a will. But we're bringing into focus how free is that, that will. will. Yes. yes. And there's some good, good, good news coming. Yes. Yes. Okay, so let's do this. Let's see where the idea of the will first came into play in the, in the Bible. Okay. And we'll, we'll go to Joshua 24 and let me do a little foundation. Jesus had just given the 12 parcels of land to the 11 tribes. And they had won all the wars. They had conquered the land. They were ready to settle down and reap the benefits. And that brings us up to Joshua because he says, now let's do this covenant from here on out, the covenant that we have with God. And he makes that famous statement, choose this day which God you'll serve. That's in 2415. And isn't that the verse that is always brought up to say that you have a free will because he wouldn't have said, choose this day? If you didn't have a choice. And that's where the idea of will comes up. That is a great argument for free will if the following dialogue yeah. didn't take place right after that. Exactly. It, it brings out what we're talking about, the, the real issue. The real issue comes up in the next couple verses because they said, we choose to follow the God who took us out of Egypt and brought us across the desert and did all these miracles for us. And Joshua says to them, you can't serve him. He's too holy. He's jealous. He won't forget your sins and Israel said no but we will we choose to obey 
God. He's he's a cool cat. He's righteous. He is exactly where we want to be. We want to serve him. We choose to serve him. And Joshua says, okay, you are witnesses against yourself that you chose to serve the living God. So they made the choice. His contention was, and this is what the rest of the Old Testament bears out, his contention was you can't do it even though you chose to do it. You can't do it. You made the right choice naturally. We all choose to please God. I I know I do, and I've never had a friend around me that said he didn't choose to please God. I've never met a person yet that says, I choose not to please God. I haven't been around any Satanists or something. Maybe they would. But in my circles, I've yet to meet somebody who says, I choose not to please God. They chose to please God. Agreed. Agreed. So the willingness was definitely there. There. And they had a choice. Yes. He said, choose this day. So they had a free choice, so to speak. Yes. Okay. Joseph brought up another issue, and this is what we have to get a hold of. He says, even though you choose to, you can't obey and live up to the Ten Commandment pressure. So now we have, it's not a a matter of willingness, it's a matter of ability. Ability. That becomes the issue that the Bible addresses. And that's why you never have any mention of the subject that we're on. It's just not spoken about in the Bible. The Bible doesn't speak about the idea of your free will. So with the idea that The Bible never mentions the notion of free will, just no indicative statement saying man has a free will. It's just not in the Bible. Now with that knowledge, let's look at what the Bible actually says about the subject. What it actually says, we'll read the verses right off the pages of the Bible and you'll see what the Bible actually says about this subject that they speak about on the radios and TVs and pulpits of America. We won't go into all of them, just a few of them, because if we went into all the verses that talk about how your will is not free, you begin to feel silly forever believing that the Bible said you had a what was quoted as a free will and I don't want anybody to feel silly yeah I couldn't agree more Steve we don't want to make anyone silly we don't want to win any doctrinal debates we, it, that's not what we're about we, we want practical Christian exemplary life living Amen. and this is one of the key in my opinion this is one of the key doctrines to, to get is how futile human effort based on just making a solid commitment you know you hear that word a lot just making a choice making a solid commitment to to do something 
And I think the best way to, to describe that is none other than the Apostle Paul and his struggle with, even though he made very good choices, and they were choices, he made a choice, he used his will, and I think we can even look up the definition of will, because yes. it's right there and he uses it. He says, I willfully made this decision to do. Right. And we'll see that when you look at the word free will, you have to have both in play. You can't just have a will. It has to be free to do what it desires to do. And that's just simply not the case. But that's not where the story ends. You may We just brought up the... Uh, the passage in Joshua and it was to teach us Paul actually says that in Galatians the law was a tutor to lead us to Christ the purpose the whole purpose of the law was that you can't live this Christian life in your own energy just by making choices if you could then then the law would have stayed in place and people would have obeyed it but the idea the the moral of the story of the Old Testament is never answered you're left hanging and you've talked about it before this 2000 year old mystery never gets revealed in the old testament it's just a mystery these people are living in futility and they don't even know why they just somehow think if they can just try harder just make commitments and we're no different. We do the WWJD bracelets. We do the accountability partner. We do. We do. We make commitments. We make altar calls. Repent and rededicate. Repent just and like rededicate. Israel did. And man, I hate that word repent. It's, it's not a, a Greek word. It's a it's a Damn. Roman Catholic word. Yeah. And repent means keep penancing. Keep yeah. Keep do saying penance again, again do and again and again and yeah. again. Yeah, which just reminds you of your failure and never points out the solution. That's what we're trying to get to is the solution. Right. The Otherwise, so- you're just doubling down on a futility effort. Yes. Futilitous yes. effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's and not a word. I just made it up. <laughs> I believe by the end of this podcast, we will get a clear look at the solution. That's The solution is what... Guardians of Grace is always trying to get to how to live the exemplary Christian life. Because we know we all have chosen to, but it's how to live. So what we should do is look now at the verses that talk about whether we have a free will or not. And I think the first one is in Jeremiah I believe it's chapter 18. I was thinking 17, but... It, it may be, but let, let's see. I think 17 says the heart is desperately wicked. That's Who can know saying. it? Yeah. yeah. But then in 18, God says, I am going to fashion calamity against you unless you repent and start doing the right thing. And in chapter 18, verse... 12, Israel finally concedes the truth. God says, unless you repent and start living the Christian, the the right life, a righteous life, I'm going to trash you one more time. And they said, it's hopeless. 
we will all follow the dictates of our own evil hearts. It's hopeless. They gave up. They, they said, we, we can't do what Joshua said. We were going to be witnesses against ourselves. We are witnesses against ourselves. We can't do it. There's something in us that makes us not do what we want to do because they all chose to follow the living God. In, in Jeremiah 18, 12, they're saying it's hopeless. We can't do what we chose to do. And that's a good place to be, although at the time it doesn't seem like it. Right now it doesn't seem like it, but we're going to show you right after we show you some other verses that talk about whether we have a free will or not. The first one might be John 8, 34, where Jesus himself says, if you commit a sin, you are slaves to sin. Not free moral agents, but slaves to sin. And he's alluding to something that Paul is going to expound on big time. And we will get to it. He actually says the word, anyone that commits a single sin. What's the word? Greek word? I think it's poieo there. Yeah, a poieo sin. A single solitary sin means you're slaves to sin. And we're going to see that Jesus was dead on when Paul expounds upon what it means to be a slave of sin. Now, let's look at Philippians 2.13 because Philippians 2.13 tells us the truth of the matter. It says, for it is God who works in you to will and do his good pleasure. God has just made, the Bible has just made an indicative statement, a statement of fact. What was, Bill, the statement of fact that the Bible just said? It takes God for you to will and do his good pleasure. God works in you and makes you will and do his good pleasure. Repeat that after me. God works in you to will and do his good pleasure. That's the end of the argument right there. It's, it's what we've been saying all along. It's the work of the Spirit that causes you to change your will and have new desires. Mm -hmm. And then it's the work of the Spirit that allows you to carry out those desires. Amen. We can see where it was the work of the Spirit when you first believed. But we're just going to go through these doctrines about our experiential day-to-day -day lives right now. That's what we're talking about doctrines that pertain to day-to-day -day life. Okay, so let's look at Romans 9, 20 and 21. What does that say? It says, the creation itself was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but of the will of him who subjected it. That's God, of God's will 
we were subject to futility, not of our own will, but of the will of God who subjected us to futility in our Christian life. We don't live the Christian life that we want, not an exemplary Christian life. We were subject to futility in hopes that we'd be set free from our slavery to the bondage that that keeps us from living the exemplary Christian life. See, this is good news because knowing that you don't have this will, that you were subject to futility, for gets purpose. you for a purpose. It gets you to the point where you can get set free from your slavery to corruption. And again, that word hope is just lost it in the English translation. It's not an iffy thing. It's a certainty. Amen. Amen. Good news. Yeah. Good news that it's a certainty. So now let's look at Second Timothy. 2:24 and 25 where it says God's servant must not be quarrelsome but he must be gentle in hopes that God would grant repentance and the person would come to the knowledge of the truth and to his senses and then what does it say and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them, what, free? Captive. Captive to do the devil's will, will in hopes that he would be set free from the devil who's taken him captive to do the devil's will. The devil takes you captive, makes you a prisoner, and you do what you don't want to do even though you don't understand it, which is where we're going to right now, because that's exactly what Paul said. I do what I don't under, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't understand why I do it. And then he gives us the reason why we fall short of our own expectations and what we have as standards for ourselves and what it takes to please the people around us. So let's turn the corner and get into Romans where the mystery that has been hidden throughout all of Israel's history is finally revealed. All right, Steve, but before we do get into Romans 7, there's a word that appears in Romans 7. And it's that word for will. Let me give it to you in the Greek. It, it's the word thaleo. And it means to will, to have in mind, intend, to be resolved, to be determined, to purpose, to desire, to wish, and a few more. But the main point is it's a desire, it's a resolve. Mm -hmm. commitment it's a commitment and it's we just read that Israel was committed to keeping the law yes we just read that the Pharisees were committed to keeping the law right right and we're going to see how the Apostle Paul was committed, committed. to keeping the law yes yes we will
And most importantly, we just read in Philippians 2 that it is God who is at work in you both to will, same word, will, and he adds this, to do. To accomplish. To accomplish. To be a doer of the word. The thing that it was missing in Israel under the law, the thing that we're going to see is missing in Paul's commitment to do what he wills to do. Yes, and it's missing for us, but it can be abundantly supplied to us. And it was a mystery in the Old Covenant. Yes, yes. The the Old Covenant is filled with a lot of unanswered questions. It sure is. It, It actually, the purpose of it was to, why is all this happening? And they're not answered until... Jesus comes along. The, the book is not complete without the New Testament. One of the coolest things is after Jesus was resurrected, he says, he goes the whole Old Testament with his disciples. And he says, beginning with Moses and the Psalms, he explains to them that the whole book was written about him. That's yeah. the mystery. Another podcast, perhaps, but couldn't help. Okay. But so- we need to take a look at this problem in Romans 7. Yes, I agree. Okay, let's start in Romans 7, verse 14. For the law is spiritual, but I am a flesh. I am a human sold into bondage to sin. Not free at all. I am a human who is enslaved. That's the Greek word sarks, the flesh, your human nature. I am of human nature sold into bondage to sin, not free. For that which I am doing, I do not understand. For I do not practice what I would like to do. That's do one time what I'd like to do. It's not practice, it's poiel. There is two different Greek words there. You're so right, Steve. There's prazo and poieo, and when you look up the definitions, at the end of each definition of po- like poio, it says not to be confused with prazo. And when you get to the end, the oh, definition prazo. of prazo, it says not to be confused with poieo. So poieo is to commit a single time. Yes. And that's what Paul just said, or maybe you haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. No, he, he said it, and they translated it in practice. For I do not understand what I do. I one time do what I would not like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the thing I do not will to do, thalo, I agree with the law, confessing that it's good. So he agrees with the law. He's made a choice that the law is good. So he's saying that not a single time does he do the good he wants. Not a single time. It's poyeo. But he says, but I prazo the thing I don't want to do. I habitually habitually practice the thing I I don't don't want want to do. Don't do the good time a single time. Don't do the good thing a single time, but habitually practice practice the thing he don't want 
That sounds like slavery. Yes, that is. And that's Paul. Okay. But if I do the very thing that I do not will to do, Salo, I agree with the law confessing that it is good. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my human nature. The willing or the wishing, the willing is present in me, but the doing of good is not. No wonder God has to work in us to will and do his good pleasure. Let me read that again. Let me read that again. The wishing is present in me? Yep. Yep. Okay. I got it. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But I prazo, I practice, habitually practice the very evil I do not will to do. That is slavery. That's why we're saying the idea of free will veils what is actually going on in your Christian life. Paul is telling you the secret of why we behave the way we do. Yes. The secret to why we behave the way we do, and the secret is, is our will's not free. But the secret to why we do what we do not will to do has just been revealed, and it's veiled when you say, oh, we have a free will. How can something be free and associated with the word slavery? Freedom and slavery are, are not, I don't know, aren't they polar opposites? No, no, and I hear the Bible says, the Bible clearly says we have a free will. Well, right here it's clearly saying we don't. And there's another word used in Romans 7, I don't know if you've got it, but prisoner. Yes. I can't associate that with freedom either. No, no. I that, think that's the, maybe the next. Yes, yes. Okay. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but I habitually practice the very evil I do not will to do. But if I am doing the very thing I do not will... I am no longer doing it, but that sin that I mentioned before, which dwells in me, is doing it. So I find the principle, this law of dynamics is what he's talking about. Yes. The law of dynamics that the idea of free will veils. 100% consistent principle. Uh, yep. Just like when you drop the brick on my toe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's healed, by the way. Yeah, hasn't it? yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I see a principle like the law of gravity. It's present in me, the one who wishes to do good. The one who wills, Thalo is the word, the one who wills to do good. He is willing, just like in Joshua 24. They were willing to serve the living God. They just couldn't because this principle was in them. It was just a mystery to them. Paul is now allowing it to be revealed for yes. the first time in the history of the planet. 
Paul is allowing this mystery to be revealed. It's no longer I doing it, but this sin that dwells in me, this principle that when I use my own human nature... Let, let that minister to you. <clears throat> Okay. There's the mystery. It was never you. It was never your commitment level. Mm-mm. It was this principle. Disease, this virus. The sin. Yes. The sin. Singular. The sin. You is, were never a match for it, but you didn't know it. But and you now did. you do it. Yes. Now you do. Yes. And that is what it said. I'm glad you brought that out. He says, because I see this principle that evil is in me, the one who wills to do good, for I joyfully concur with the law of God in my inner being, inner man, but I see a different law of dynamics in the members of my body waging war against my mind, making me a prisoner, there's your prisoner word, Bill, making me a prisoner of this principle of sin which is in my members, this law of dynamics that's in my human nature only, not in my spirit. Right. My spirit can live the Christian life if I live by my spirit. But when I live by my own human determination, there's this principle, a law of dynamics that keeps me from doing what I want. And it's illustrated as a law of dynamics one time, and then it's illustrated as it's no longer me, but it's the sin. It's the singular sin, the sin that lives in everybody, the sin man. He masters me and makes me embarrass myself and makes me fall short of living this exemplary Christian life. And that would be just the most horrible news you could ever hear, that you're a slave and there's nothing you can do about it, that you're a prisoner and there's nothing you can do about it. But it's not the end of the story. No. There's a thanks be to God through Jesus Christ Christ. coming. Yes, he says. And that is so awesome. But if you don't get this part, it's not as awesome. If you don't get this part, part and you just go to thanks be to God through Jesus Christ the law of the spirit has set me free and you don't understand the seriousness I can't do what I want to do not a single time then you'll come up with these wimpy ineffective yes then you'll start doing formulas You'll, you'll skip over this he says thanks be to God through Jesus Christ in other words Jesus Christ in me the hope of glory cannot this out of the park if I rely on the life of Christ and not the life of Steve I've been crucified with Christ I no longer live but the life lived in the body I live by the faithfulness of the son of God and what's the next verse? Go ahead. I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For righteousness could be obtained by my commitment to the law, then Christ died in vain. It, he didn't have to die if you could just commit to doing it. If you could beat this principle. If you yeah. could break, beat this sin man that lives inside of you. That has been living inside of people since Genesis 4, where God said to... Sin must... Yeah, what, what's sin, his name? Cain. Cain, yeah. Yeah, God said to Cain, 
Sin is crouching next to you and it desires to master you, but you must master it. Sin mastered Cain and caused him to kill his brother. And sin has been mastering people every since then. And we didn't know why. And we never knew why. And the idea of you've got a free will veils that. And we've got to get the veil taken off. You can't master sin any more than Bill can win an argument with his wife. It's just not going to. (laughs) Not. That is so true. Or to get in the ring with Mike Tyson. Or to get in the ring with Mike Tyson. What's the solution? Stay out of the ring. Stay out of the ring. Let Jesus do it. Don't argue with your wife. And don't try to overcome sin in your own will and human effort. Exactly. That's why they tell you, don't put yourself under the law. Don't put yourself on that Ten Commandment mentality. Don't get on the human performance treadmill. If you do, the sin guy who lives inside of your humanity will whoop you. The sin principle that is in your human nature will be activated because it says through the law, sin sprang to life and it deceived me and killed me over and over a thousand times again. But we're going to get to the answer. We're going to do it next podcast because I believe we need a whole podcast on the solution. On the solution, because the solution is there. That's why we said the good news is there, man. We're going to spend a whole podcast on the good news and show that Jesus can do for you what you can't do for yourself. So for now, do you want to close us in prayer? Yeah, and I'll just give them a little foretaste. Right, The, the passage you just read, it says, sin sprang to life, but then it says, but apart from law, sin is dormant. Dormant, And we're going to teach the next podcast or share with you the next podcast how to make the sin dormant or dead. Yes. So, Father God, thank you. Thank you that you revealed this 2,000-year mystery, that it is the law of the spirit of the life of Christ that will set us free from the consistent principle called the law of the sin and the death. Thank you, Father God. I pray that you reveal these these truths, these basic truths, these building blocks to live the exemplary Christian life to us and that you bless all of our Guardians of Grace listeners. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, Lord, please give us ears to hear in your son's name. Amen. We love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We love you guys. Come back for the next podcast. It's going to be a doozy. It gets better. The good news.